Welcome to Friends at Film Camp, the podcast where two friends got by the fire from our fun film perspectives. I'm Janine. And I'm Luke. Uh, today we're talking about Funny Lady, which I think actually is a better name than Funny Girl. I can see that. I think it's just Funny Girl is just the name of the first one. I know. I just feel like Funny Lady is like, it almost has like a better cadence to it. Funny Lady was directed by Herbert Ross. And written by Ray Stark and stars Barbara Streisand, James Caan, and has an appearance from Omar Safari. And is about the life of Fanny Bryce post her divorce from the late, or from Nikki Armstein, who is not dead, which means calling him late is incorrect. This movie. <laughs> was, this this movie, movie was a lot. <laughs> This movie had one of our strongest reactions to a movie yeah. in months. Yeah. Which was astounding because we only watched it as a joke, kinda. Well, not as a joke. Like, I don't know. The joke was, wouldn't it be crazy is if we did the Funny Girl sequel after we did Funny Girl, mm-hmm. even though no one's heard of it. And we'll probably just be like, wow, that was the Funny Girl sequel. And have very little to say. But yeah, we have there's a lot. So much to say. Yeah. Mostly because this is one of those rare cases where you have a movie that's eighty percent great. Yeah. And twenty percent terrible. Yeah. Like so much worse than you thought. <laughs> and we can thank ninety five percent of that terribleness to James Can as Billy. Rose. Oh my god. Okay, so... By the way, what's the Billy guy from Chicago? Uh, Billy... I was singing his song, because he reminded me of him. What's the name? Billy... Flynn. Flynn! Yeah. Yes, this guy reminds me of Billy Flynn. Yes. Except Billy Flynn is aware he's an asshole. Yeah. And this Billy Flynn still manages to be charming, though. Because he keeps his word. Yeah. Like, he's not... This guy sucks. This guy sucks on every level. And, like, okay, so in this film, they're trying to do, like... What is Fanny's life after her divorce? No, they're trying to do, like, an enemies to lovers thing with oh, him. Um, And it's supposed to be, like, I don't know, if anyone's seen, like, Buffy, it's, like, Buffy with Spike. It's anything where there's, like... A hot villain bad boy guy, and he's annoying and an asshole, but also they have so much chemistry that you kind of like it anyway, you know what I mean? But it does not work, because this guy is just the worst on, like, every level, and they have, like, not good chemistry. They have negative chemistry. Every time... I have not seen a couple have such bad chemistry. Almost, maybe ever. Part of it is just how he acts. He's, from the beginning, he is so, he just has no boundaries with her. He's so controlling in his movements. Every time they kiss, the way his hand is, like. He doesn't like caressing her. Like We screamed multiple times because he's just, he's so fucking grabby. He's so grabby. He grabs her neck. Yeah. That's the thing that got me during so many of the kisses. Like, when he grabs her neck, it's not like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to pull like you in sexy, closer like, for real sexy romance. It's like, It Arr. is, I am in control of yes. you, Grab. And it's weird, and I don't know. I, 
it's so bad, I can't figure out what layer of bad it is. Mm -hmm. Is it a bad screenplay? Is it bad directing? Is it the bad actor? Is it some other factor? Like, something in here has made an intentional choice to do this. It is too far to not be intentional. So, how... (coughs) Their only romantic interaction before... He proposes to her. This is insane. This is insane people writing. Just so you know. Their only romantic interaction before he proposes to her is after a show, he's like following her around and being all grabby. And she's like, stop grabbing me. Cool. And then he grabs her again and forcibly kisses her to which she throws powder on him. In a defense mechanism. She's literally trying to get him off. But then and he's hold, like hovered. I just want to pause you there. This isn't like a, oh, a quick smooch. He is making out with her. Yeah. And she is pushing and hitting. and like, Trying to get him off. Desperately trying to get him off. It made me and everyone else in our room very uncomfortable. We were screaming. We were screaming. My cat got mad at us. <laughs> this was something you would see in like an adult realistic horror film but even then it would be too graphic for most of them but then she like gets powder on him and it's like (laughs) wow so silly and funny and she's like oh my i'm so sorry it was just what was next to me it's like how don't stop apologizing stop apologizing and run away from him but so that's their only romantic reaction interaction before i say romantic in quotes also that's not true though what he also Broke into her house while she was sleeping. Not into her house. Into her bedroom Bedroom. in her house. Yeah. And stands over her. And when she screams, he... Gets into her bed. Jumps into her bed and, like, cut... He, like, tries to grab her. Yeah, it's a lot. The grabbing is just a thing. Yeah. Like, it's so much grabbing. If he's around, he's grabbing her. (laughs) He's always grabbing her. And she's always, like, stop it. I think... And they're being like, oh, you're so cute. And it's like, stop grabbing this woman. I think you could... Okay. You would have to take out the breaking in while she's sleeping. And you'd have to take out the assault, obviously. But I think you could make something with the dynamic. If you took out those two things and you had him played in a way that was charming. Nope, I see. This okay. <laughs> This is, like, beyond saving for me. Maybe another world. You need, like, I would say start over. You can just say producer. This... And that's it. Like, just say a producer of a show, and then from there on, it's completely new. Because this character if you is guys, beyond any redemption. If you guys listened to our last podcast, you know that we did not like Nikki Arnstein. No. We were like, ugh, he's so annoying. We hated this guy so much. Every time Nikki Arnstein was on screen, we cheered. We cheered. We were we're desperate for Nikki Arnstein. We We were were desperate for Nikki (laughs) Arnstein. Nikki Arnstein, come back to us because we cannot stand this other asshole. Like, we just desperately want Nikki Arnstein back so Billy Rose goes away. And it's so... That was funny. I did not see that coming. I did not expect this as a character development for And us. it was... Honestly, this is part of, like, what's so frustrating with this movie. It's, like, Fanny's character is fantastic. I love how she's developed and changed. The yeah, that 80% is great. The costuming's fantastic. 
I actually, everything that happens with her and Nikki in this movie, I love. Mm-hmm. I love how all their interactions go down. It feels very realistic. It feels like it makes sense in terms of the progression of their relationship. Like, even like even though we kind of wanted them to end up together so that fucking Billy would get out of here, how it ends between them of her kind of finally... Because Nikki, they it's not like they make Nikki better in this well, Nikki's movie. Nikki's butt. the same. It's just that Billy's so much worse in comparison. He's like an angel. But they I I actually really liked how Fanny kind of she always loved him so much that she accepted all his flaws and it's like she was able to finally like see them fully and like fall out of love with him in a way that I bought which I really liked. Yeah. So now, like the all whole of that character was great. arc for Fanny in this show is Fanny is single and very successful yeah. but kind of lonely. Like, lonely in her wealth, which is not always an easy story to do sympathetically. Mm-hmm. Like, rich, lonely people. And, like, not even, like, super lonely. She just doesn't have that deep personal connection to anyone. And well, she's so still she's still very much in love with Nikki. Yes. But Nikki isn't around yes. at all. And yes. he, she keeps trying to, like, hope he'll come back. Yeah. And he's not. Yeah. He's very clear he is past her. Yeah. And so we kind of get to see this character who's a lot stronger than mm-hmm. the last time because she's way her self-confidence has grown yeah and her assuredness that what her value is mm-hmm. it's so much higher that she can do the control of a room yeah the record scene was a great example she's like this needs to be changed this this and that yeah and then they just did it because she it was her being in charge yeah and then Billy Rose kept coming in being yeah. like trying to commit and ruining it, but yeah. she was doing great. And it, I like the character arc of her from being so dependent on trying to find that connection with him again. Uh-huh. To be Nikki Armstein to being able to be like an independent figure. Like she's comfortable standing on her own at the end of the movie. Yeah. And I like that character arc. I, how I wish, because, okay, at the beginning of the movie, um, Fanny has this gay theater friend guy. He's not actually gay, but he's... Yeah, he is. No. Yeah. Like, it's not explicit, but it's like... Okay, like, notes, he doesn't kiss, you're pulling a Disney. No, he doesn't kiss a man, but he's obviously gay. Like, they have a conversation be- about how it's hard for him to get a job because he's too gay. And she offers him a job. He says I'm too distinguished, which is a code word. No. He's gay in the story. I believe you. And then the Billy calls him a pansy, and he always acts all homophobic to him because he's gay. I believe you. Okay. I'm choosing to believe you because I don't remember this. Anyway, they start the film with, like, Fanny's kind of finishing one of her shows. It's in, like, an economic bad place after World War I, right? The Great Depression. The 30s? Yeah, the Great Depression. Okay. I'm sorry, I don't know history that well. God. Uh, <laughs> it was a depression that many saw as great, but not the good great. Great So she, she's finishing a show, and the next show is, like, unsure, because all money's hard right now for everyone. Yeah. Even Ziegfeld. Even Ziegfeld. So she's talking to her friend, and they're they're kind of 
retconning the first movie a little bit not in a super bad way and just like she's like you were there for me before I was famous and blah blah she's just talking to him like here's our history you've always been around even though we haven't seen him as an audience but like it's fine um wait this guy wasn't that important I know that's my point but they set him up like he's going to be important and then we kind of hardly see him for the rest of the f- film, unless he's like... He's kind of there. He's there. He's around. But he's not doing anything. Yeah, he's just like in the background. You're right. But that they, was unnecessary. My point is, it. how much better would this film have been if they continued that relationship, like they kind of set up they were going to, where they were going to mm. be sort of like trying to like, I don't know, mm. be in showbiz together. And then we have like her growing trying to do a show with her friend in the great depression and we have nikki coming in and out and her dealing with that and just no billy oh it would have been so good although i want to quickly address this there's not really much we can add to this as a discussion but it's relevant that other five percent that we said was bad is there's a few there's lots of musical numbers in this one that are like staged performances of her yeah and i think most of them are based on her actual performances mm-hmm. as like fanny's actual performances from that mm-hmm. which does explain a little more that does not justify there does, there's a lot of more there's more racial racism jokes racism jokes that is the word like racism. racist comedy type things yeah. she dresses like, indigenous at one or indigenous but not like a character like very character like i know there's no proper way to do it that way but like it's very character even for yeah um which thankfully you don't actually see the thing for that but there's a few instances like that though it's kind of a double-edged sword because this film does have a lot more diversity than the first one and that there are a lot more like black dancers and such that we see and when um, they when the movie half, is like half the time we're kind of seeing them in like a caricature way i don't think it's half the time okay you're right there's you're right. more that was too there, much. there's more than one there's like four or five sequences i think that are explicitly like this is racism humor for racism humor yeah like there's no underlying they're just being racist yeah and it's like very uncomfortable when you watch it like Mm -hmm. it's very uncomfortable because no one seems to be getting it no one seems to understand it's racist no no one and like there's no nuance there's no nuance oh there's not even like the it was bad at the time but we're doing an accurate thing like they're just like this is funny right no one i don't think anyone in film or like in universe or in the making of the film was like this is a commentary no it was like although i want to commend he was the male dancer, the lead male With the dancer. Hand, the hand. And then he had those two backup girls as the dancer. Yes. I couldn't find their names. That was an I couldn't amazing them, but dance number. Th- that was the best dance scene in the movie. Yeah. They had the hands in the table. Stand like out. hands dancing in the table. Yeah. And they were like running around dancing. And this guy is clearly he was amazing. very talented. Yeah. We were like, this, this feels is like the a best... Broadway guy that they just were like, just come for the. Sh- Stay that and, like, one, dance your heart out. That one sequence, we were like, he's the best male character in this movie. Yes. She should end up with him. Yes. And how much he more interesting even line. of a story would that have been? But he was very charismatic. He was such a good dancer. Yes. He was He was too. able to do so much face acting yeah. that no. Best character in the movie is the dancer without a name. Yeah. Which separate not best for the male characters in the movie, but anyway. Now I want to talk about 
the good because we could stay on the negative forever. Fucking Billy. <laughs> but we, I think the movie is warranted to hear some of the good, even though it's kind of. Actually, do you want to know what this reminds me of? What? And this movie is worse. The one I'm going to give. It is worse. But it reminds me of the Sia film music, mm-hmm. which is there's a lot of good stuff around it, but because they've centered it's the film, so it's so flawed. Yeah. Like beyond what any reasonable flaw can be acceptable. Yeah. It ruins the rest of it. Yeah. Because the center point is so flawed. Yeah. It's so terrible in every possible way and there's no nuanced good way to look at it it ruins the whole rest of the film Mm -hmm. but you kind of almost feel bad after because you look at it from the shattered pieces of the center and you're like there were some good elements on the side there Mm -hmm. but the center's ruined it well okay and i feel about that there is an interesting thing with fanny and billy's relationship that they start in the beginning which is kind of interesting, which is similar to the first one where I was like, you you can see somebody fall in love with somebody who's bad for them, and mm. you can understand why that's happening. Yes, Fanny you know, falls in love with people she shouldn't fall in love yes. with. Yes, and you kind of were talking about, so in this one, Fanny agrees to marry Billy, and it's entirely not romantic. She agrees to marry, She, in her words, they fell into like with each other, which you don't really see. Just at some point randomly, she's like, mm. I like this boy. And you're like, Which you? I think is a very 19, like early 1900s previous mindset of just marrying someone so you aren't alone. Yes. And even it, if you don't really like she, them, it's just you have someone there. Even like on their honeymoon, when he gets he, he gets into this really weird fight with her, he's so mad at her for moisturizing. And she's like moisturizing her knees. And he's like, am I supposed to pay attention to your knees? He's so mad. It's weird. Anyway, <laughs> after their fight. Also, she moisturizes in the wrong order. Yeah. It was such a weird fight. It was fight. such a weird fight. They make up because he gets like a nosebleed and then she takes care of him. Anyway, that night she sings a song that's about Nikki and about like how thoroughly she was so in love with him. And the song is basically talking about how she only kind of likes Billy. Yeah. And how that's so much safer for her. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah, there's a nuance it gets, discussion. It gets, a, like, I feel like the next bit is when it gets truly inseparable because they kind of move away from that to where she's, like, genuinely trying. And that's just, like, insufferable to watch. Like, her genuine, like, just even genuinely caring. Like, the mm-hmm. only time it's interesting is when she doesn't actually like him. Yes. Like, anytime she's, like, smiling at him, like, oh my god, he's being cute. It's, like, the worst thing to see. So, I do think that there was, like, almost something that could have worked. Yeah. But they, like, they're too committed to being, like, no, this is actually like, cute and romantic. Yes. Like, the movie ends with a montage of them smiling at each other that was terrible that was so bad so it's like the movie the movie doesn't seem like the movie isn't like ooh, this is an introspection of a abusive relationship the movie's like no they're cute and they're not yeah they're not cute i'm pivoting now okay i want to talk about the musical numbers yeah we've addressed the racist ones which Mm -hmm. i I think is worth addressing again there are a lot of them 
There's more than there should be, and it makes you. It will make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Watching it will make you real uncomfortable. And if it doesn't make you uncomfortable, stop listening to this podcast. We don't want you, because they are bad. They're bad. <laughs> uh, but and so we're just gonna put those ones aside. They are bad. They're still there, but the rest of them are surprisingly like well made skits and songs and gags this one was funnier than the last one in terms of the skits because we do more skits the comedy i the comedy was less was better in a lot of ways it was it felt more thought out in a lot of ways Mm. rather than her just like pitfalling and having that be the joke like it felt like there was like more of a joke there Mm. and you remember the the bride the scene in the first film where she's a bride and then she surprises pregnant and it's really funny yeah every skit feels like it has that type of yeah moment of humor there were also a few really good visual moments in mm-hmm. the movie like this movie did not feel half-assed in terms of like is- there was a lot of drama it seemed behind the scenes for like getting this movie made from what you've said yes it's funny to me yeah because uh Barbara Streisand was under contract. From my research, she was under contract. She had to do another film for the producer, who did the first Funny Girl, and this was the film he wanted her to do. And for a while, she kept saying, no, I'm not going to do it. This is stupid. Mm -hmm. And eventually, he gave her a script, presumably this script, and she said, I will do this. Mm -hmm. Like, I can live with this. So... (laughs) And her specific reasons were she liked the characterization of Fanny. Yeah. So she must... I don't know if she would have liked the rest of it, but she liked Fanny, and I guess that's all she was playing, so... But, um, like, the direct... Barbara Streisand, the next year, would do her Star is Born remake. Oh, yeah, The yeah. director of this film, like, two years later, went to Best Director and Best Picture nominations. Mm-hmm. Like, there were... There everyone good. in this film is, like, very talented, yeah. and for some reason... They don't feel like they're half-assing this. No, they don't. They and try. there are some really good visuals. Like, there's, um, especially, so, the beginning show that Billy gets Fanny to agree to be a part of, a, a big plot point is that he's overproduced it. So, the sets are, like, too elaborate, and then everything goes wrong the first show. So, there's a lot there. Um, but even in that, like the one where she's in a suit and she's kind of dancing along this like drawn woman's cigarette and then the eye, the pupils move Mm -hmm. like that was really good. And then even as it like starts to go bad within like the narrative of the story where the pupils are like going all crazy and like then they're both in one eye like that was funny. That was good. And then like later, I think it's the same show. You have all the girls with the um they're in like rain gear and it's all yes. different colors and they're spinning stuff it was really good costumes really good costume design really good visuals and there's like a few different like when she comes out when she's singing about i think she's singing about nikki because she just found out that he's married um with like the one light like that's really cool like i said i wish they had stuck to the one light but a lot of like competent stuff and the hands in the table which we already talked about that number but that was such a cool concept for a number too like that was so good yes uh but this movie doesn't the songs are really forgettable which we were saying throughout and it doesn't have that standout one like the first film it yeah. tries to but it doesn't work i just want to find the name of that one song there was one song i liked 
Let's hear it for me. It's the song that she sings after Nikki Armstrong, and it's Arnstein, sorry, and it's supposed to be her big uh, "Don't Rain in My Parade" song. You can tell by the way they film it. They put her on a plane for some reason. Oh, it's the plane one. Yeah. Oh, it's when she's going. Yeah, because she's running back to Billy too. So it's very like reminiscent of when she was running to Nikki. Oh, it's very like we're gonna do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but. That's probably the best song in the movie for no, me. No, I don't think so. I That's like, not my favorite. That was my favorite, I think. That's the one I might come back to again. No, I like the one that I was talking about with the when she's after she finds out Nikki's married and she does her dramatic song on the empty stage. Oh, uh, yeah. Eh. Like that one better? I, I did not like that one that much. Ah, it's very dare. generic. No. Well, they're all generic. Oh, they're like <laughs> I like mine. You like yours. Yeah. Uh, we, I liked, okay, so we saw her kid a little bit more. Not a lot more, but I did like when you see her with her. She obviously, like, cares about her. Yeah. Well, and that was the crux she's of also, why she broke up, why she, like, ended her love for Nikki. Which I really like as well. Because he a- always showed, like, such little interest in her. And I thought that that was... So, basically, the end of their relationship is, like, Nikki comes in in the beginning to one of her shows, and she's really excited to see him, and she's still, like, completely in love with him, and she's kind of expressing that she wants him back, and as he goes to comfort her, she sees the ring, which is, like, we gasped drama. Yes. Um, and so he's married some rich lady which is so annoying of him because he was all like pissy about Fanny having more money than him. Anyway, he marries her, blah, blah, blah. Then Fanny starts going to this like horse racing, like much later in the movie. She's already married to Billy and she's like seeing him again and they kind of start talking. It's very much just like they always are kind of in love with each other. (laughs) And he basically expresses that he wants her back. He's like, if, like, our pro- only problem was money. Like, if I break up with my wife, I'll still have her money. And she's, like, she goes off this whole speech about how he was, like, so fancy and he had seven toothbrushes and how she fell in love with those toothbrushes. And he's, like, I still have them and blah, blah, blah. And they kiss and you think they're going to make up. And then she kind of turns it on him and she was, like, all this time I've been in love with seven toothbrushes. And it's, like, oh. It's like, it's not really where I was expecting it to go, but it's like wild. And then she's, he was asking about her mom and stuff. And she's all like, we have a kid. (laughs) You haven't even asked about her. Like, and she's talking about how like the kid has like a picture of him. And like, he's like, she does. Like He's like, he's really fucking clueless about it. Like he obviously does not care about kids at all. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And then it was really effective. I really like that as like, I I also felt like that was something that was big enough that I believed it like kicked in for her as like mm-hmm. just it would I feel like it was the culmination of sort of his selfishness that like really kicked in there especially him saying like oh our only problem was money because it was like that was his only problem you know what I mean like that was his only problem was you yeah like she always had money like they had money that wasn't their problem the problem was his feelings about it you know what I mean it wasn't his money he needs money that he can control he needs someone who's not as you want to know the weird thing the message there is the same as the breakup in monsters vs. aliens it's not that they aren't successful it's that you can't be more successful than the husband yeah 
And that's the problem he had. Was that people knew who Fanny Bryce was. And they started calling him Mr. Fanny Bryce. Yeah. And that bothered him. Um. So I thought that that was just like so effective. And I liked that. Yeah. I like that we got to see more of Fanny and her daughter. Even though it wasn't that much more. But we got to kind of see. We got to see she's a good mom. She's yeah. trying. She cares. She like talks and jokes with her daughter. She takes her to what is clearly expensive horse riding lessons that the daughter really likes. Yeah. And, and learned French for. I also really liked at the very end. So Fanny, after she breaks up with Nikki for good. Well, they've been broken up, but you know what I mean. They do. She does that big song on her way to Billy. We're obvious the whole time. We're like, gross. <laughs> and then Billy's been cheating on her with some lady. We don't care. Whatever. So they break up because, well, she gives him an out, which again, painful because she did tell him she wanted to see Nikki. And so, like, I do get it from her perspective because... She's like, I was kind of willing to cheat on you. Yeah. You did cheat on me, but I was willing to. So she's like, it's okay, we can get past it. And he's like, no, like, I've been cheating. Anyway, so they break up because he's kind of in love with her, whatever. I actually really liked, we, we move again, like, what, 20 years in the future? We move a lot in the future. Everyone's gray hair. Everyone's gray hair. Her daughter's like a married woman. Which, so last be, time we saw her, she was, like, maybe, maybe 20 years, probably. 20, 30 years. Yeah. Not 30, maybe 20. But anyway, we move into the future. Okay, 20. And I thought it was really fun. So they had her move to L.A. Yes. And she was doing, like, um, radio show dramas. That was And fun. I thought that was, like, a really fun place to put her mm-hmm. in a way that, like, made sense. And I liked, sort of, like, the hair they did for her. And I liked how... She was. Again, I thought they did a good way of, like, progressing and maturing her character and that she seemed, she seemed, (laughs) it's interesting because she was so glamorous for the whole movie in a way that felt very comfortable for her, but she seemed, like, just even more, like, situated in that. You know what I mean? Like, I think through, like, something through the whole movie is they do a really good job of just characterizing her. And it, it it felt, like, a very true to, like, where she would be at that time in her life. Yes. So that was really cool. The only, like, stupid part was that she was talking to stupid Billy, who's, like, yes. really rich now. It's like, why do we care? Whatever. He divorced that other girl. That's the thing, too, is, like, for the whole movie, he was such a bitch. He was such a weird little scam artist. Oh gosh, do you remember the scene? He's like, ba- Fanny's like, I'm quitting your show because you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And it's hurting me. And then he's like, don't. And she's like, I am. And yeah. you're not going to talk me out of it because you're this stupid. Is when he breaks into her bedroom, by the way. Yes. Uh, and then he starts being like, oh no, yeah. the loan sharks are going to come for me. And yeah. she's like, well, why did you go loan sharks? And he was like, I had to. Yeah. And the whole time we're like, good. Loan sharks, throw them off a bridge. Yeah. Uh, but then Fanny's like, "Fine, I don't want you to die from loan sharks." Yeah. So she's I basically like, "I'll help you sort out the show, but you have to give me like all the creative control." And he's like, "Fine." But then when he fucking proposes, he's like, "I never did anything with loan sharks, so I was fine the whole time." And then she's just like, "Oh, you crazy!" And it's like this bitch. That's he a does huge that, lie. Like that's his whole character. Is he just doesn't. Uh, he just screws over anyone for money. Yes. Ugh, I just hate him. He's the worst. But Fanny's fun. Fanny is fun. Fanny's so good. 
Barbara Streisand's really good as Fanny still. She just, like, walks right back into the role. Yeah. And then um, they end the movie on that stupid montage, which we talked about before. Yeah, the montage ruins the end. a really bad way to end the movie. And to be fair, they start it with a montage of the first movie, which kind of is, it's cheesy, but it kind of makes sense in terms of, like, here's a quick recap of what yeah. happened. Because mostly it's been seven years, and most people haven't seen the movie. So, like, I get it in terms of, like, being, like, ooh, we... We we started with the montage, we end with the montage, but it's... I like the start and end with the montage, but it doesn't so, work if you have a bad romance to fill it with. Yeah, and it's, like, only them. Like, it's nothing else that happened in the movie. So, yeah. It's... I It's that thing. It's that thing that I get really mad about when a movie's almost good. Yes. Where I'm like, it's so much worse than when a movie's just bad, you know? Bad because it hope. has all of these good elements and then just like this central horrible problem and then random racism it's like why'd you do that you know it's it's so much more infuriating than just being like bad i think that's why we all got so yelly <laughs> yeah that's why you feel passion because you're like this could have been fun and yeah it wasn't fun because yeah. they were doing obvious fixes the fixes are like, so obvious the thing that's annoying is like what you said about like the the other guy they were thinking of casting was Robert De Niro. Yes. And I think he would have been shit in this role, too. Yeah. Like, that, I don't think that, that would have been any better, which just shows that, like... This was intentional. Yeah, like, what they wanted to do was stupid. <laughs> so it's like, we didn't even have that hope where it's like, oh, they wanted to cast this guy who would have been perfect, you know? And then we could have been like, oh, they should have cast him. It's like, no, they just had a bad idea. <laughs> and then they just were never going to fix it. Ugh. But... It's just like, overall, I can't recommend this for you. Don't, like, I can't recommend it for anyone. Because you either won't really care if you haven't seen the first 20 girl. If you've seen the first 20 girl and you like it, you're going to get mad. And if you saw the first 20 girl and you didn't like it, you're not going to, you're going to get mad for different reasons. This is niche. But this movie, I could make a really good gift set. From this movie. Like, I can make a gift set from this movie that would make the movie look so interesting and cool. And you'd be like, I want to see that movie. Because there's such cool visuals and there's really cool costuming. Yes. But, like, I don't know. It's just, it's a lot. It's, did I think the badge is fully, like, ugh. But I had fun watching it because we were so mad. Yeah. But, like, if I didn't have people to be mad with... No, if I was watching this alone, <laughs> I would just be uncomfortable, and I probably would have turned it off. Yeah, probably. And the soundtrack isn't even out anywhere on Spotify. That's interesting. That's because funny. I have looked, and I cannot find it. Uh, so, you can't even enjoy the music in the movie unless you have the CD copy. Or maybe it's on Apple Music. I don't have Apple Music, so I don't know. Yeah. But Shazam knows what it is. Because that's how I learned the song's names. So I shazammed them. Wow. Because I couldn't find them. Someone could make a, a quick 30-minute cut of this movie. Take out all the bad stuff. Be perfect. That'd be great. <laughs> a TV special. Yeah. <laughs> quick special. Like, I would oh. recommend that. I'd be like, yeah. Because that's the thing. is like the good stuff is a really good follow-up to Funny Girl. Yeah. This is what you would want in a follow-up to the movie. Like, I know the music's not as good, but other, like, the core's there. Yeah. But they just kept ruining it by, like, the love interest 
most like the love interest is so bad. Yeah. I cannot remember a worse love interest. Yeah. Like one that we were actively rooting against the whole time. I'd rather Fanny be alone than yeah. be with him. It's that thing in like it, you get it in movies sometimes with villains and he's not supposed to be a villain which makes it worse. But for me, I think of this as um Professor Umbridge in Harry Potter in that I find this woman so detestable that it's not fun. I actively don't want to watch that movie because I don't like her being on screen. Do you know Pink what I mean? Pink coat lady? Yeah. Me and my I family... I understand your point, but I don't, dis- I don't agree with you on that movie. Really? Oh my god. Me and my I family seen it have time. rewatched the series and we've stopped before. We've stopped and just never started again because we get to that movie and we don't want to deal with her. Like, that's... Like, anyway. My point is... There's b- people, th- pe- characters can be bad people and be fun, and they can be bad people and be the absolute fucking worst, and it's no fun to watch them. And I never, honestly, I don't know if I ever feel like that is, like, a benefit in a, in a movie or a TV show. So if I don't want to watch them, I probably don't want to engage with the media. Yeah, it's bad. It's really bad, and it ruins the whole movie, and you can't watch it from it. Because of it. And I just can't fathom why the decision was, let's make this guy a complete jerk and unlikable. Yeah. You can have likable jerks, but they yeah. made an unlikable jerk. Mm-hmm. And it was a weird choice. Yeah. And that concludes... <laughs> we just have... We we could spend the whole night just saying it was so bad, right? And then you would agree with me, and then I'd agree with you. Yeah. But I think that's where we have to wrap things up. So that concludes today's episode. A friend at Film Camp. Thank you all so much for listening. And we'll catch you next time at the campfire. Bye.